Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. So if you watch any kind of TV, I mean, that involves any show that involves a family, what you will find is that the impression of men and fathers is that they are stupid. They don't know how to manage anything. They are completely confused when the mothers are not around. You know, they are irresponsible, incompetent. Most, in most cases, they are completely unnecessary, you know. And that is the picture that you get. What you find is that in our culture for many decades, you know, have uh, demeaned men and fathers, you know. Today, young people don't even see the need for fathers. As long as the mother is around, everything is fine. Because when dad is around, they don't even know what to even do. They seem to be confused about life, you know. Men seem to be good for nothing, you know. And for those who even tolerate them in the household, the only thing that they are good for is to take out the trash, you know. And just probably be the, the resident handyman. That's basically what they are good for. And that is the impression that is passed upon, you know, from gen, you know, from year to year. And people, and this, the young ones, they see these things happening, you know. And after a half a century of demeaning and belittling men, relegating men and fathers to the background, the interesting thing that is always to do with that, something that is interesting to me is that after doing all those things to men, telling them that they are not important, they are just the handyman in the house, they are just the people that take out trash and all this other thing. After we have done that for almost 50 years, we now wake up one day and we are, and we are surprised that 24 million children are living home in a, in a homeless fa- in, a, in a home that has no father. We are surprised that many of our families are dysfunctional. We are surprised that many of our kids don't have any coping skills. We are surprised that 64% of, our, of the teens that grew up in a family without any father figure end up committing suicide. 70% of them end up in juvenile institutions. Many of them are dropouts. Some of them are involved in criminal activity. All sorts of things happen, you know. They don't even know how to connect with people. They don't know how to have uh, interaction. They lack proper social and and, and coping skills. And the interesting thing is that they just lack common sense. After years of telling that men are not important, we are surprised that all these things are the results. Okay? And for some reason, as a society, we forget that the relentless attack on the role of men and fathers in our society have sentenced the next three generations into, you know, into a, uh, an experience that is going to be very tragic in their lives. The Bible tells us, if you read the book of Deuteronomy chapter 5, Deuteronomy chapter 5, reading from verse number 9, the Bible tells us there, it tells us there, that thou shalt bow thyself, you know, thou shalt not bow thyself, Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord, am thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of, my, of the fathers upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation of them that hate me. What does that mean? It simply means that where, there have, where you have wicked men, 
when you have declining father's role, it takes three or four generations to root out the evil that those actions create. In other words, when you have an abusive father, when you have a father who is absent, when you have a father who is not doing his own religion, doing his, the, the job that God has committed into his care to take care of his family and to raise his children, you will find out that the impact of that particular behavior or that particular irresponsible act will go not just into the life of that particular child, but it will go for almost three or four generations. Okay? Where there is a decline in the father's role, like I said, it takes three to four generations to root out the evil of such action. Jeremiah 31, 29 tells us, Jeremiah 31, reading from verse 29, the Bible tells us there, the fathers have eaten sore grapes, okay, and the children's teeth are set on edge. In other words, the father, the actions of the father outlive them. The actions of a man outlives him. The action, the things that fathers do in their own houses, it outlives them. And that is why you find out that you look at a particular man. And when you see his son, there is a tendency for them to, for the son to behave exactly like the father. If the father has a particular kind of behavior, you can see it in the son, living it out. And that tells you that the actions of the father outlive them. The way a man lives, the way a man raises his house, the way a man manages his affair, it impacts the life of their children. And not only that, it impacts the life of their children's children. In other words, if a man lives carelessly, it not only affects him, it affects his children and the children's children. Sometimes even up to the fourth generation. And that is why this very morning I want to talk very carefully to us today and very briefly about you have not many fathers. You have not many fathers. Not just in our larger society, but even within the church. There are times I tell, I, I tell people that when certain things happen in the general society, I expect them to happen. Because when you are outside of Christ, certain things are supposed to go with your behavior. You cannot eat your cake and have it. Okay? But when we who are called by the name of the Lord, we who are identified with Him, if the same thing that is happening outside in the world is happening inside the church, then we have a problem. That means that something is wrong with the message that we are carrying or the profession of our faith. And you will see that what is going on outside is also happening in the church. Now, why am I speaking about this title? If you look at the book of 1 first, first, first Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, the verse of the scripture we read this morning. In verse number 15, the Paul the Apostle made a statement. He said, For do you have 10,000 instructors in Christ? Ye have not many fathers. For in Christ I have begotten you through the gospel. And what do we have today? There are so many coaches online. There are so many people who are giving life, uh, life lessons. There are so many, you know, so many motivational speakers. So many things that are going on. In the school, there are coaches also. There are counselors. There are also some people who are trying to help the kids to grow. But the more you have the coaches, the more you have the instructors, the more you have all these people doing what they have been paid mega bucks to do, the kids are not getting better. Mm-hmm. And Paul the Apostle is saying, Though you have 10,000 instructors, you do not have many fathers. This verse of the scriptures jumps towards, you know, scripts towards a lot of questions. Why is it that you have 10,000 instructors and not so many fathers? Why? What is in the mind of the apostles when he was asking this question? Who was he talking to? And why was he saying what he was saying? 
Who was Paul the apostle talking to and what was he talking about? Paul was report, was talking to the Corinthian church. And in that particular verse of the scriptures that we read, he was addressing their attitude and their actions towards him. And he was also cautioning them against pride and self-importance because of their station in life. The apostle was doing all these from this vantage position of being a spiritual father, the one that started that particular assembly. He was telling them, that no matter how well off you have become, no matter how you know how highly exalted you have become in society, no matter how you think that we as the apostles are insignificant, no matter how many people are coming to instruct you and to come and tell you how good you are, that you are the best thing that ever happened after sliced bread, no matter how many things that they are telling you, you will only find out that you will come to the realization that you only have one father. No matter how many people you surround yourself with, no matter how many instructors you surround yourself with, how many counselors, how many mothers, how many life coaches you have with you, you only have one father. And the same thing is true for us. No matter how many people will try to substitute the father's weight, no matter how many people will try to submit, surround ourselves with, you only have one father. And the other question that Paul that, that came from from that verse of the scriptures, why was Paul making this statement to the Corinthian church? Why? Why was he making that statement? The reason is very simple. This church was beginning to forget itself. This church was beginning to forget who brought them to the Lord. This church was beginning to treat, you know, was beginning to treat their fathers with disrespect. They were becoming proud and self-consignment. The church was beginning to despise the people that brought them to the faith. The church was beginning to see themselves as growing beyond the need for instructions of the father or the direction of their leaders. That was why Paul the Apostle needed to bring them back. And that was why Paul the Apostle had to remind them that they were traveling the dangerous, in, in a dangerous road. That they, think, you know, that, they, that they may think that they have guides. They may think that they have instructors. They may think that they don't, you know, they don't need anybody. But Paul is reminding them that you need your spiritual fathers. The same thing. The society has grown so much that we now feel that we don't need men in the house. That we don't need fathers in the house. That we don't need a role model. We don't need people who are supposed to stand and be a pillar in the house, in the life of children. We have grown to so point to the point that we now begin to disrespect or demean the figures that are supposed to bring sanity into the home. And Paul, like Paul the Apostle, we are saying that you might think that you have arrived, but you are traveling on a very dangerous road. Why is that important? Why is the need to remind the Corinthian church important that they have just one father? Why? Go back again to that verse number 15. Uh, to that first Corinthians chapter 15. It's chapter 4 verse 15. Why is it important? The Bible tells us that. It says, though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, you have not many fathers. For in Christ I have begotten you through the gospel. Now, these scriptures, I want to begin to trade down and say, see what we can pull out from this verse of the scripture. From this verse of the scripture, you can see, Paul was reminding the church at Corinth that the central role of the father in the life of the children is very, very important. He was telling them that for a, you, you have only one father because the fathers are the only one that have the power to give new life. Fathers are the only one that have the powers to give life. Number two, fathers are the only one that have the power to bestow identity. And that is why you find out that when a, when a child, whether boy or girl, whatever the, whatever the gender, if they come out of a family that the father is not present, they have an issue with identity. 
they try to they try to seek out a father figure so that he can give them some form, some kind of some kind of legitimacy, some kind of confidence, some kind of identity. The father is the only one that has the power to bestow identity. Number three, Paul was trying to tell them that the fathers are the only one that has the power to transfer heritage. And what does that mean? The heritage is a connection between the past and the present, and it is the father that has the ability to connect you with those two things. When you have the father in the house, father present, doing what they're supposed to do, they are the one that reminds you of what has happened in the past generation, and they commit it into your hand so that you can run with it and create a new and continuing legacy and the heritage that you have been passed that has been passed on to you through generations. It is only the fathers that have the power to transfer heritage. It is only the fathers that has the power to build legacies. Because they are able to stand there and show you this was the way it was done and this is the way you should do it. That was why Paul was reminding them. Now, why is it the case? Why does the Lord give so much power to the give, give, give so much power to Father? The reason is very simple. If you look at it, because the Father, true fathers are the ones, you know, true fathers are you know sacrificed for their children. The true fathers sacrifice for their children. I used to tell people it's not the father you give back to a child that makes you a father. Just like the father you do give back to a, you give, uh, a woman give back to a, a baby makes her a mother. No. It is the one that is able to give their life to be able to sacrifice and do what it takes to be able to raise that particular child into a, a, a functioning member of society. That is what makes you a father. That's what makes you a mother. And now we see that fathers, you know, true fathers sacrifice for their children. If you read that First Corinthians chapter 4 from verse number 11, the Bible says, we are fools for Christ but you are wise in Christ. We are weak but you are strong. We are honorable. Uh, you are honorable but we are despised. Even unto this present hour we both suffer with both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain, you know, and have no certain dwelling place. In other words, we give all this sacrifice so that you as an individual, you who are the recipient of the grace of God upon our life will be able to live a better life. Paul was talking in terms of how what he, the sacrifice he had to give to be able to raise the church. And the same thing is what fathers do. The sacrifice that they have to give to make to be able to have that, to be able to make sure that their children go far, you know, go higher, go better, you know, live a better life than they are. I used to make a joke to my daughter, I would tell her, if it's what I'm going to eat now till the time I die, I have no problem. Every extra work that I do is to be able to make your life more comfortable. So that what I did not have, the opportunities I never had, you will be able to have it. And that's what makes a father, true fathers, sacrifice for their children. Number two, true fathers invest in the life of their children. It is very unfortunate right now that you find our parents, fathers competing with their sons. Competing with their sons for the most mundane thing. Fathers who have refused to grow old. They want a big baby because they miss their youth. They want to continue to relieve their youth in the expense of their children. Fathers, in true fathers, invest in the lives of their children. Verse number 12, the Bible says, We labor, walking with our hand, being reviled, we're blessed. Being persecuted, we suffer in it. In other words, when we are doing all these things, we are investing in the growth of the lives of the people that have been committed into our care. And that is what true fathers do. Number three, fathers, true fathers endure ridicule for the sake of their children. 
Many of us, there are many of us who are parents. There are some jobs that we will not want to do. There are some things we will not want to do. But when you remember your children, you remember your family. There are certain things that they have to be able to be taken care of. They have to be fed. They have to be, you know, they have to be catered to. What happened? You are willing to endure the kind of ridicule that comes with whatever you are doing to be able to make a life better life for your children. True fathers endure ridicules for the sake of their children. Number four, true fathers model life for their children. In other words, they live a life and they say, "You see." The way I'm living, this is the way I want you to live. This is the way you are supposed to do if you want to be able to make it in life. If you want to be able to make a better thing, if you want to make a better tomorrow for yourself, these are the things you should do. These are the things you should not do. True fathers model life for their children. And that's why when you see a son and you look at his father, you will see that they have a lot of characteristics. The way the father dresses is the way the son will dress. If the son is walking up, if the father is walking up and down like a riffraff, the boy will do exactly the same thing because the father is modeling it. If you see a father respect himself, standing up straight and speaking like you know, and speaking like a cultured person, the son will do exactly the same thing because he will follow in the footsteps. True fathers model life. For their children. That's why Paul the Apostle said in verse number 16 of that same chapter. He said, therefore I beseech you, follow me. In other words, follow the footsteps. Follow the example. And that is what the Lord Almighty is requiring of all of us who are Christians. If you say you have accepted Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord is saying that as you follow me, Paul the Apostle said, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, make Jesus the true model. So that as you model the life of Christ, the people who are watching you, they can see that something is in your life. True fathers model life for their children. Number six or five or whatever number we are here right now. True fathers also make the tough call. For the sake of their children. In other words, life is not easy. And there are times when they have to give up some things. There are times when they have to make the tough call. The idea is to be able to make sure that their kids get the very best. Not only does true fathers, true fathers discipline and rebuke their children. Their true fathers do not just pamper. The Bible makes us to understand that the, he that the Lord loves, he said that is the person that the Lord rebukes. If you see a child that has no correction, a child that is not even, that is not restrained, a child that is not disciplined, that is an accident waiting to happen. Because one day, somebody's going to correct him. And that correction is going to come from a place that he does not like. Because when you become a nuisance to community, to the society, the society has made provisions for those kind of nuisance. And they call them police. And they will <laughs> and they will put they will teach you what you have refused or what you had nobody teaching you. They will teach you. So fathers, true fathers, discipline and rebuke their children. True fathers also unite their children. The joy of every father should be able to get to the point where he's surrounded by his own children and grandchildren. But if the father has not paid the price of unity, has not paid the price of bringing his children together, he will get to that old age and every one of them will be in different directions, scattered all around. But true fathers pay the price of uniting their children. The unfortunate thing is this. Many men in our society are unwilling to pay this price. Unfortunately, many of them are not willing to fulfill this God-given responsibility. And that is why you see men just treating, you know, treating the women in their life with so much disrespect and disdain that the women don't even want to see them. Their name even evokes such emotion that they are so angry at just hearing their name. And when you see those, when they begin to leave out those anger, it is transferred into the life of the children that are produced. And those ones will also continue to transpire. And that's why you see, when men live a life of irresponsibility, it is not only them that are affected. Everything around them is affected. 
many of the men that we find in our society today prefer to go the easy way. It is easy to just go away and say, okay, well, I'll just pay, I'll just send the child support check. Why don't you see, when you are cold, are you, why don't you just hug, hug your child support check and see whether that will give you, well, that will give you some woman. Or when you, grow, when you grow older, you are not able to do anything, just look for that child support check and see what that, how, how that will help you out. The point we are making is that many of them try to take the easy way out. Those who do not stay, you know, those who do not stay, they know those who even take who, who stay and try to and try to live a life to and try to give their children life, they do so, but they don't prefer they, they prefer to take even the easy way out within the family. In other words, instead of loving on their children, they are complaining and telling them you don't appreciate me. After all, I'm bringing all the money to this house. After all, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Instead of just loving them for who they are and building them up, they are better, they are busy complaining about them. Those who stay in the family and they are trying to raise a family in Instead of instructing their children, they want to be a friend of their children. For how they came to that idea, I don't know. Your job as a father is not to be your friend of your children. It's to be a father of your children. But instead of that, they want to entertain instead of instruct. They want to indulge instead of discipline. They want to bully instead of build character in the life of their children. And no wonder men are not getting the desired place and the desired respect that they are supposed to get. That is why there are very few fathers in our house. There are very few fathers in the church, very few fathers in our community, very few fathers in our nation. Many, very few fathers because the fatherhood is a hard work. Fatherhood is a hard work. Just like we said last week, was it two weeks ago, or when we, when we talked about Mother's Day, fatherhood is a very hard work. There are few who want to build character. Very few because it's a very difficult work. Number two, there are not many fathers because fatherhood is painful. Fatherhood is painful. For those of us who are parents here, at one point in time, your, mom, your, your son or daughter would have said one or two things that will really, really turn your stomach. You know? And if you have the opportunity, you want to, you want to, oh, uh, the way we do it back home is that the father will fold his hand like this. Hmm? And he will give you that thing at the center of your head here. Whatever thing, whatever wire that has gone loose in your head, by the time you get that knock on your head, those wires will be connected immediately. <laughs> All of them will be connected. <laughs> that is, if it doesn't work your face, if it just gives you this on your face, you will see stars. You know, I like to watch the cartoon, especially when you knock somebody ahead. You will see real star when the fathers, especially the one where I come from, when they knock your head, you will see star. But the point I'm making is that fatherhood is painful. That's why many people don't want to do it. There are few who are able to give and to release unconditional love. Very few. Because it is a painful experience. <laughs> After you have walked and you have slept and you have done everything for that child, the child turns around and says, I hate you, father. Or I hate you, mother. Do you know how painful that can be? But true fathers bear it. Because fatherhood is painful. Not only that, there are not many fathers because fatherhood is challenging. It is very challenging because you don't come, nobody gives you an instruction manual. Nobody tells you this how you do it. You just happen to fall into it. A baby comes, you are happy, but you have no clue what to do. And that is why grandparents are always better because they do it better. They understand, they know their mistakes, and now they try to correct it. Sometimes they overcompensate, but that's a story for another day. The point you are making is that fatherhood is challenging. And that's why there are no many fathers. There are no many fathers because fatherhood requires life. It requires a dedication, a release of your own life, a total surrender of your own life to the process. Not only that, fatherhood is difficult because fatherhood requires sacrifice. Fatherhood requires sacrifice. And there are few who want to pay the price of fatherhood. 
on top of all these challenges that fathers are facing, our society does not even make it easy on them. Many of the fathers simply, are, like I said, are demeaned. They are not respected within the family. And as such, the easy thing for them to do is just to walk away. And fathers, even Christian fathers are walking away from their families. Christian fathers are walking away because they're finding that it is very difficult for them to live the life that they want, you know, to live and do what the, what the society wants them to do. The question is, why are the fathers walking away? Why are the fathers walking away? Fathers are walking away from their family because, number one, men in society, men and women in our society have believed a lie. Yeah. We have believed a lie. We believe that fathers are dispensable. And if you believe that fathers are dispensable, why should I stick around? I used to tell people that I never go to a place where I'm tolerated. Never. I never go to a place where I'm tolerated. I go to only the places where I'm celebrated. The reason is because when you are tolerated, you can be treated anyhow. Whatever you say doesn't make any sense. And if a father feels that they are only, he's only been tolerated, why should he stick around? That's why fathers walk away. Fathers walk away because the, the, the allurement of irresponsible living. Where you can just live a life, you know, give back to children all over the place without having the responsibility of taking care of them. That seems to be very exciting. That seems to be very inviting. And that's why fathers walk away from their families. Fathers walk away from their family because the roles and responsibilities of fatherhood have been misunderstood. Roles and responsibility have been misunderstood. Leadership does not mean superiority. Followership does not mean inferiority. The father in the house, a father is the leader, doesn't mean that the father knows everything. If you check it very well, in most cases, the mother is the one that knows most of what is going on in the house. If you check it, most of, if, the, if the family is functioning the way it's supposed to function, it is the woman that knows what is going on. The guy has no clue what's going on. But that doesn't mean that he's inferior. That doesn't mean he's stupid. It just means that the roles and responsibilities are different. And when we misunderstand the roles and responsibility, fathers walk out of the house. Not only that, when there is that, when there is that clamor for gender equality, Gender equality, demanding rights, demanding that you want to be like the other person. There is a reason why God made man and woman. There's a reason. But when you want to equate the two of them together, and that's when men and women now become masculine and men now become feminine. When that situation happens, what you find is that the men will walk out of the house. Okay? And I always tell people, when you demand respect, it's a sign of insecurity. Because respect is earned, not demanded. Okay? I tell people, if we, especially in the area of preaching the gospel, if you insist that somebody must listen to the gospel, then you are not preaching it properly. When you are preaching it properly, people will invite you because you have earned the right to speak into those lives. The same thing when you demand respect. When you demand respect, insecurity is locked in somewhere. Because respect is never demanded. Respect is earned. Men and women walk out of the families. Men walk out of the family, walk out of the life of their children because of the promise of feminism. And that promise of feminism is that, yes, everything is going to be equal. You are going to be right. You are going to be this. You are going to be that. But women who created this philosophy, if you check their history properly, they created the philosophy out of disappointment and dysfunctions in their own lives. Because what you find is that if you have a disappointed father or a father who has, who has treated you badly, you tend to see the whole world in that, in that light. And then the next thing you begin to do is to create a theology that will be able to satisfy your condition. I'm not saying all families are like that, but generally that is what leads to this kind of thing. And when you have a situation where you transfer your heart and your situation from other people and you transfer it into, your, into the life of your husband or, your, or, or, your, or, the, or the men in your life, you will see that they will walk away. 
They will walk away. I remember talking to a particular lady one time. Every time you talk to her, she's always very angry. Very angry. And then one day, I got so tired of tolerating this anger, I asked her, who is the guy that really messed you up like this? Who is the guy? Because the whole world is not like this. The whole world is not angry. The whole world is not out to get you. And if you respond to the whole world thinking that they are out to get you, that is the way you are going to find the world because they will respond to you like that. And that is what you find that is driving a lot of women away. There are some women who have had issues in the past, who have, who have unfortunately had relationships that are very, very hurtful. And because they've had that relationship, every man that they get, they have the opportunity of meeting, they say, no, I'm not going to allow to, I'm not going to allow him to treat me like that. I'm going to put him in his place. And before they know what's happening, they have driven away the people that God has brought into their lives. That is why men get, you know, that is the reason men leave the house. On the one hand, our society is telling men that they are useless and insignificant. On the other hand, the society is demanding that they live up to the challenge. And as a result, many men have simply given up. And many of them have not even seen a role model in their life. Many simply abandon their children, their wives, and their family. And this abandonment creates problems. The problem is that when fathers are absent in the life of their children, when fathers are absent in the life of their family, a lot of things go wrong. A lot of things go wrong. When fathers are absent in the life of their children, the number one thing you will see, I said it before, I will say it again, the number one thing you will see is the loss of identity. When the father is out of the house, when the father is not active in the life of a child, there is a loss of identity. The reason is because fathers produce identity. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.